Weight loss starts with the mind, and nobody knows this better than Martha Cameron, who lost 20 pounds on Noom Weight. Yeah, I lost 20 pounds and kept it off. So, Martha, why did Noom Weight work so well for you? Well, Noom was just a really positive weight loss experience for me, and compared to other weight loss programs, they gave me the freedom and flexibility to keep eating what I loved, and that made all the difference in the world because it made me actually enjoy the process. You know what I mean? Oh, we know, Martha. <laughs> Learn how Noom's psychological approach can help you lose weight at Noom.com. We're going to be learning Chidusha Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the second and last piece in Hilchos Yibam Mechalitza. This is Perak Vav Halacha Yotes. And Rab Chaim is dealing with the technical issue of what happens if you have a sota, a woman who was suspected by her husband of doing something immoral. And then she was alone with the man that he suspected. But we don't know that anything happened. And then the husband dies and they had no children. So now she's also a Yavama. They should do Yibum, which is when a man dies and there's no children. His brother has an obligation to marry the wife. So in this case, we have a Sota, a woman who's suspected of adultery, who's also a Yavama. What is the Halacha in that case? But the more fundamentally than just the technical case, Rab Chaim's explore what happens when the laws of Sota and the laws of Yibum clash and uh, there's some insights into both areas of Halacha. The Rambam talks about a case, A married woman committed adultery and we know that there were witnesses and she wanted to do it, so she's prohibited now to her husband. And then the husband dies before they divorced and this now comes to a case of Yibum. So the Rambam rules that she is totally absolved from Chalitza and from Yibum. There is no obligation of Yibum in this case. And not only is she absolved from any obligation of Yibum, but also her sister wives, any other wives of the husband who died, are also all absolved from any obligation of Yibum because we view this case as if the woman who committed adultery is an erva. She's prohibited to the Yavam, to the brothers, and in such a case where she would be totally prohibited to the brothers, she's related to them, then she wouldn't have to do Yibum at all and none of the sister wives would have to do Yibum. So what the Rambam is essentially telling us that when a woman certainly committed adultery and we know that she wanted to do it and there were witnesses, in such a case, the whole obligation of Yibum and Chalitza falls away for her and the sister wives because it's like a case of Arayos. It's like she's totally prohibited to the Yavam. But now the Rambam continues and he says, what happens if we don't know for sure that she did adultery? She's a Sota, we're not sure what happened. Let's say a Sota's husband died before she was able to drink the Sota waters, or for some reason she's not able to drink, so she was supposed to get divorced over here. Such a case, the halacha is, she needs chalitza, she can't do yibum because maybe she did adultery, but she does require chalitza, and if she has a sister wife, the sister wife is able to do either chalitza or Gibo. So Rab Chaim is bothered in this second case of the sister wife of a Sota that the Rambam says she could do Yibum. So Rab Chaim asks, why don't we treat this as a suffix? Just like in the case where a woman certainly committed adultery, the sister wife is not able to do Yibum. So in this case of a Sota, where we're not sure if she committed adultery, we should treat it as a case of suffix and be stringent and not allow the sister wife to do Yibum because on the possibility that the Sota did commit adultery, that would be a prohibited marriage for the brother-in-law 
to marry his brother's wife when there is no mitzvah. So why don't we go stringent and prohibit yibum in that case? So in order to answer this question, Rab Chaim tries to understand how we view a case where a sota and yibum clash. And he quotes the Gemara in Yivamas and Dafir Aleph, which is the source for this halacha. The Gemara quotes that Sora sota, Asura, that the, the sister wife of someone who's a vadai sota, we know that she committed adultery, is prohibited because Tumak Siva Karayos, it says that she is Tomei, like it says someone who is an Arayos, who's a prohibited person to marry. So that's the source for the Rambam's halacha in the first part. Now, Tosos there quotes from the Gemara in Sota and Daf Hay, where it asks on this case, it's in the Mishnah, and the Mishnah says that a Sota, who uh, we're not sure if she committed adultery, but she was alone with the man that her husband warned her against being with. So he did kinui, he said, don't be with so-and-so, and then she was alone with him. So the Mishnah says that she has to do chalitza, she cannot do yibum, and the Gemara asks, why can't she do yibum? So Tosos asks, since if she would have certainly committed adultery, she would be prohibited to do yibum. So in a case where we're not sure if she committed adultery, we should be stringent and not allow her to do yibum. Why is the Gemara asking that she should be able to do yibum? So this is a very similar question to what Rab Chaim asked, and Tosos is asking it on the case of the actual Sota herself, uh, that the Gemara in Sota seems to imply she should be able to do yibum. So now in order to answer this question of Tosos, Rab Chaim develops an idea based on the continuation of the Gemara in Yevamos. The Gemara quotes that Rav Ashi asked the question from a Brisa which says that in a case of a Sota, we're not sure if she committed adultery. So there's all sorts of things which change. Uh, she can't be married to her husband anymore. She can't eat truma if he's a Kohen. And in Mace, if he then dies and there's no children, she has to do chalitza and not yibum. So uh, Rav Ashi asked on Rav, who said that she doesn't even need chalitza and the sister wives don't need anything. So uh, why in this case does she require chalitza? So the Gemara answers, Rav would answer that he's talking about a sota vadai, a woman who certainly committed adultery. So in that case, he said that we treat her like an arayos, like she's prohibited to the brothers. But in the case of Rav Ashi, where it's a suffix so that we don't know if she committed adultery, then you would require chalitza. So the Gemara asks, what is the difference? Sota Suffolk Name Tumok Sivba. Why a Sota Vada, if she certainly committed adultery, it says that she's Tame, that's the source that we treat her like she's a prohibited person to the husband and to his brothers. Says the Gemara, Sota Suffolk, it also calls her Tuma. So what is the difference? So the Gemara answers, no, in the case of that Brisa where it calls her a Tuma, it's talking about Nistra means that she was Nivala. It doesn't mean that she was alone with the guy and we don't know what happened. We know that she committed adultery. So in the cases of Vada, we call her Tuma. She's considered as if She's prohibited to the husband and his brothers. But in a case of a suffix, we don't say that. It says Rab Chaim that uh, the Rishonim ask on this, the Gemara in Sota and Davchav Ches says, Asa bahakosuv suffix kevadai. That the Torah said a suffix Sota is treated like a vadai Sota. That's the essence of the case of Sota, that even if we don't know whether she committed adultery, since the husband told her not to be alone with this guy, we treat it as if she certainly committed adultery. So how can the Gemara in Yevamos make a distinction? 
between a vaday sota, which is called toma, and a suffix sota, which is not called toma, when the Gemara and sota itself says that that they have the same halacha. So if so, once we know that a vaday sota can't do yibum and she doesn't even need chalitza, the same thing should apply to a suffix sota. There should be no requirement to do chalitza. So Reb Chaim answers this question and he says that we have to better understand the principle of Asabah HaKosov Safek Vadai that we treat a Safek Sota like a Vadai Sota because it's not applicable in every case. And he points out that there are cases where there is a suffix nus, we don't know if she committed adultery, and still she's permitted. And the example Reb Chaim brings is from the famous case of Pesach Pasuach in Ksubis and Tes. The Agmar over there has a case where a man gets married and he finds that his wife was not a virgin. When they got married, she had already had relations. So the Gemara says that if there's a sveka, if there's two possible considerations as to why she might not be prohibited to him, then they can continue being married and living together. And uh, Tosos there says that if we have a chazaka, then that would also help her status to remain permitted to him, if there's some sort of reason why we should assume that she's permitted to him. So we see that even though those are cases where it's not certain, it's a suffix, whether she committed Zenus, whether she's an adulterous woman or not, but still she's allowed. So that means we don't treat it as a vadai. If we treated that as a vadai, then no sveksveka, no chazaka is going to make her permitted to her husband. We would have to treat her as if she was prohibited, as a vadai. There's no way to permit a vadai. So must be that there are cases where there is a difference between a suffix and a vaday. So what does the Gemara mean when it says that a suffix is the same as a vaday? Says Rab Chaim, that's only in the classic case of Sota, where there was kinui and stira. The husband warned her and then she did, was alone with the man. That's the case of Sota, where we would give her water and that's where we treat a suffix like a vaday. But every other case of a uncertain, adulterous relationship is considered a suffix. It's not considered a vaday. So when we come now to the case of Yevamos, we have a woman who we're not sure if she committed adultery, and uh, we're trying to decide whether she's a Yevama or not, so the way we apply these halachas is we treat it as if it's a regular suffix of znus, not as if it's a special suffix of sota. In other words, since fundamentally a case of a suffix znus is not considered a vada, it's a special halacha the Torah said with regard to a sota, that if there was kinoy and stira, we treat her like a vada, and they have to get divorced if she's not going to drink. But that's only with regard to the hilchus sota aspect of it. But when we treat her as a Yavama, in that case, we still treat it as a suffix. Even if there was Kinoi and Stira, we would always treat it as a suffix Znus, because the Torah did not impose this concept of Asaba Suffix Kivadai in the laws of Yavamos. So there's a basic difference between the laws of Yavamos and the laws of Sota. In the laws of Yavamos, we don't apply this rule of Suffix Kivadai. Even when the case intersects with Hilchosota, that's a special Xeris HaKosov in Hilchosota that doesn't apply to Yavamos. And that's why in the case of the Gemara, if you have a Yavama, which is a Suffolk Sota, then she does need Chalitza. We don't impose the rule of Suffolk Kivadai, which the Gemara in Sota had applied to Hilchos Sota.
And in fact, Reb Chaim thinks that this Yisod that he's articulating, that when Hilchus Sota and Hilchus Yivama intersect, we don't apply the criteria of Hilchus Sota. We treat it as a Safeg Znus, like in the rest of Halacha, and she still has to have Chalitza. He thinks that that's actually, you could read that into the Gemara itself, because the Gemara asks, what's the difference between a Sota Vadai, which is called Tumah, and a Sota Safeg, which is also called Tumah? In other words, the point that the Gemara means to ask is that a Sota Safeg, which who had Kinui, is also Vinitmai. The Torah calls her Tumah, and we know that that means in Hilchus Sota that she's treated like a Vadai. So that's the essence of the Gemara's question. Why don't we apply the same criteria of Hilchus Sota and say that she's a Vadai in this case of Yibum? And the Gemara answers that when the Brisa says Nistra, that she was alone with him, it actually means in Nivala, that she had relations with him. So the Gemara's answer is that the, the Tuma is talking about the actual Znus, the actual relations. It's not talking about the Kinui, the warning which happened beforehand. So what does that mean? Says Rab Chaim, it means if we apply the rules of Sota to the case of Yibum, so then the Tuma should be going also on the Kinui part of it. Even if you just had Kinui and Stira, she was alone with him, that's already considered Tuma. Why does the Brisa only apply it once there's actual Znus? So that already shows us that we don't apply the Hilchus Sota criteria to Yivama. Rather, we act as if there was no Kinui. We treat it as if it's a regular case of Safeg Znus. We don't know if there was a Znus or not. So therefore, we can't apply the Yibum leniency that she's like Arayos, that we treat her as if she's totally prohibited because this is a regular suffix nus, and therefore we have to be stringent and require her to have Chalitza, but of course she can't do Yibum either. So in the Gemara itself, it's telling us that when these two areas clash, the rules of Sota are suspended and we act as if there was no Kinui and it's a regular suffix nus. So and now with this principle, coming back to Tosos's question, says Rab Chaim that he could answer that too. Tosfos had asked on the case of a regular Sota that the Gemara asked, why can't she do Yibum? So Tosfos said, because it's a suffix nus. Why shouldn't we treat it at least lechumra, at least be stringent because she might have committed adultery and prohibit the Yibum? Says Rab Chaim, the answer is because the Gemara in Kiddush Nandaf Pe'alev says, Malkin al hayichud vein Ostern al hayichud, that if a man and a woman are alone together in a way which is prohibited, so we would give them Malkus, we would punish them and whip them, but we would not prohibit such a married woman to her husband. So we see very clearly from this Gemara that simply having Yichud in a way which is prohibited does not create a suffix of Znus. It's not enough to say that a woman might be prohibited to her husband. The only time when we have a suffix is when there's Kinui. So in a regular case of Sota where the husband told her not to be with this man and then she was alone with this man, that's where there's a suffix. So says Rab Chaim, that means that Kinui actually does two things. First of all, it creates a suffix where there wasn't one before, meaning without the kinoi, if she had just had yichud, there would not be any questions whatsoever about her permissibility to her husband. So the kinui creates a suffix whether she's prohibited to her husband. And then in addition to that, it also makes it a vadai. So it takes it the next step and makes her vadai prohibited to her husband. But uh, without the kinui, then we would revert back to a situation where the yichud alone does not do anything. It doesn't even create a doubt as to whether she's permitted to her husband. So says Rab Chaim, that is exactly now the Gemara's question in Sotan Daf Hey. 
that once we see that we don't apply the rules of Kinoi and Stira, the regular Hilchosota, to the case of Yibum, and the proof is because a woman who is a Suffolk Sota, we're not sure if she did adultery, requires Chalitza, we don't say that she's a Vadai, says the Gemara, why don't we take it another step further and don't even apply the whole concept of a Suffolk Sota at all, act as if there was no Kinoi whatsoever, and the Yichud shouldn't prohibit her whatsoever, and therefore she should do Yibum. So the Gemara's question in Sota is predicated exactly on what Rab Chaim is explaining, that we don't view Hilchus Yibum as any way having the laws of Sota, even if there's a Kinoi and Stira. So based on that, says the Gemara, if we go to the full extent, the full logical conclusion of this, we should totally remove the Kinoi from this case when it comes to Hilchus Yibum and act as if she's a regular woman who had Yichud and that shouldn't even prohibit her from doing Yibum. And Rab Chaim brings some proof for this whole idea, an interesting proof from the Gemara in Sotan Davchav. Hey, there's a machlokas, whether the husband can do mechila after there's stira. So he did kinui and then she was alone with the man. Can he then forgive the kinui and then she'll be allowed to him? So says Rab Chaim, if he forgives the kinui, after the stira, it doesn't uproot the whole thing. What happened, happened. So how could this possibly make her allowed back to her husband? So, says Rabbi Chaim, you see clearly that the kinui, the existence of the kinui, is what's creating the prohibition in this case. But if he's able to remove the kinui, even if it doesn't retroactively remove the kinui and change what happened, but at this point there is no kinui hanging over the situation, and therefore she may be permitted to him, according to one position. So uh, in the same way, says Rab Chaim, in this case of Yibum, if we're not going to apply the Kinui to the Hilchus Yibum, it doesn't make her as if she's a Rayos. So says the Gemara, once the Kinui is not applicable in this case, then we should view her as if she's just a regular woman who had Yichud with someone. She shouldn't be prohibited to anyone and she should be able to do Yibum. So this whole approach explains the Rishonim's question on the Gemara in Yivamos, how do we differentiate between a Suffolk Sota and a Vadai Sota? And that also answers Tosus's question that why would the Gemara think that a regular Sota is able to do Yibum and the explanation in all these cases is that when it comes to Hilchus Yibum we don't apply the criteria of Sota and Sota the Kinoi and Stira those halachas create first of all the Suffolk Isur, and in addition, it also makes it a vaday. So all of that is not applicable in the Hilchus Yibum perspective. Now, Reb Chaim continues and he says that with this idea, he could answer another question of Tosos. And that is in the Gemara in Sota and Daf Hey, an answer to the Gemara's question, why can't the case of a Suffolk Sota, if we don't know whether she committed adultery, why can't she do Yibum? So the Gemara answers, because the Torah says, she has to marry someone else, not the brothers. So Tosos asks, well, that Gemara, according to the Gemara in Gitin, is talking about a Sota Vadai, because we learn out Davar Davar Mimomon, that there were two witnesses, like in a case of financial dispute. So that's talking about a sota with witnesses, which would be a sota vadai. And as we know from the Gemara Nyevamos, a sota vadai and a sota suffake have two different halachas. So how can we apply the pasuk which says that a sota vadai can't marry the brothers to a case of a sota suffake? So Rab Chaim answers that according to his approach, we could make a basic distinction. This pasuk that says, that she has to marry someone else and not the brothers, that's not a pasuk in Hilchus Yibum. So we don't apply the criteria, the principles of Hilchus Yibum in that Pasuk, but rather that's talking about a regular case of a woman who did Znus. So there we apply the regular halachas, including Hilchus Sota, 
And there we say that if there's two Aiden that she committed adultery, then certainly she cannot stay with her husband, she cannot marry the brothers, and that she has to go marry someone else. But even if there are no two Aiden, but there is Kinoy and Stira, so in that Pasuk we still apply the rules of Hilchosota, that is going to create a Suffolk Isser, not just a Suffolk, but even a Vadai, which is the way that Hilchosota... And now the weather. Expect partly cloudy skies with an excellent chance of maximum refunds. Wait, that can't be right. Oh, but it is. Who are you? I'm April. And we could see refunds raining down all tax season with people switching to Tax Act. Tax Act? The tax filing software that makes it easy to file for less and get more. New forecast. It's sunny days ahead for everyone using Tax Act. Always happy to brighten your day. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See TaxAct.com for details. Sota works, and therefore she's going to be prohibited to the husband or the brothers. So therefore, because that Pasuk follows Hilchosota, says Rab Chaim, we can answer Tosa's question. Even though the Gemara says it's talking about a Sota Vadai, but it's also talking about a Sota Safeg, if she had Kinui and Stira, which is treated like a Sota Vadai in Hilchosota, and we apply that criteria in that Pasuk, and that's what the Gemara means to answer, that even though in Hilchus Yibum, we don't say that this suffix Sota is considered a Rayos, because as Rab Chaim explained, we don't apply the criteria of Hilchus Sota to Hilchus Yibum, so she's not considered a full Erva, a Rayos, that she's prohibited to the brothers as if she was a relative or an Iser, but we do say that there's another problem, which is Vahaisali Shacher, that in this case, we treat her like an Iser to the husband, and therefore she has to marry someone else, she can't be married to the brother. So the Gemara itself is now backtracking and saying that even though we can't say that a suffix sota, even with kinu and stira, is usher to the Yavam from Hilchus Yibum, but there's this other Pasuk which is talking about Hilchus Gerushin, the laws of divorce, and in there we do apply the criteria of Hilchus Sota, so if there's Kinoi and Stira, then she's prohibited to her husband, she's prohibited to the Yavam, and uh, she would have to do Chalitza and not Yibam. And Rab Chaim explains very nicely why should there be a difference between Hilchus Gerushin, where we do apply the criteria of Sota, and Hilchus Yibam, where we don't apply the criteria of Sota, so he explains that when it comes to Hilchus Yibam, in order order to say that she doesn't need yibum and she doesn't even need chalitza, we have to apply the special halacha of yibum, which says that if someone is a rayos, if this woman is a usher, she's a prohibited relationship, then not only does she not get yibum, she doesn't even need chalitza, and all the sister wives don't even need chalitza. So that's a special halacha in the hilchos yibum. It's a special leniency when it comes to yibum. And that we can't apply to the the rules of Sota. We can't say that since in Hilchus Sota this woman is totally Aser, so therefore in Hilchus Yibum she's a putter from Chalitza and all the sister wives are putter from Chalitza. They're two different systems and we can't combine them in that way. So that's why when it comes to Hilchus Yibum and we're trying to evaluate who's considered a Rayos, which woman is considered a full Iser to totally negate any obligation of Yibum or Chalitza in this case for all of the wives, so there we don't say that a suffix Sota someone who had Kinoi and Stira is going to be considered a full Iser. But on the other hand, when it comes to Gerushin, to the Pasuk of Haisali Shacher, 
So that case is entirely predicated on the concept of znus. The whole point of it is that there's a prohibition of znus over here that she cannot be married to this husband and from that we derive that she cannot be married to his brothers. The Gemara itself learns it out that if she can't be married to her husband who she's generally permitted to so certainly the brothers-in-law who she's generally prohibited to she's not going to be permitted to in this case. So the very issue that we're discussing when it comes to Gerushin is the issue of Znus, that he uh, divorced her because she did something improper. So therefore, in that case, it makes perfect sense to apply the criteria of Sota, because that's exactly how the Torah defines Znus. The Torah said that one of the applications of Znus is if we're not sure what happened, but there was Kino and Stira, then we treat that like a Vada'i Znus. So that would make perfect sense that those two areas of Halacha line up. And even furthermore, Rab Chaim adds, it's not just that we learn out the prohibition for the brothers to do Yibum in this case from the fact that she's prohibited to the husband, but that it's even more, he says, the prohibition for her to be with her husband is exactly what creates the prohibition for her to do Yibum to any of the brothers. In other words, it's not just how we learn it out, but it's the very fact that she's prohibited to the husband means that the brothers can't do Yibum, they can't now go ahead and take over, so to speak, the brother's marriage when his very marriage was prohibited. So if so, then it makes perfect sense that of course we're going to apply the criteria of Sota, how we define Znus when it comes to the husband and the wife, that's certainly going to be the criteria in this case because the whole issue of whether the brothers can do Yibum and whether she needs Chalitza is all predicated on how we view it from the perspective of the husband. Is she permitted or prohibited to him? And that follows the laws of Sota. So this answers Tosis's question, why does the Gemara use a Pasuk which is talking about a case of a Vada'i Sota and apply it to this case of a Suffolk Sota with Yibum? So the answer is that the Gemara is saying that there's another criteria here and that is in Hilchus Gerushin we find a Pasuk which says that she can't do Yibum in a case of a Suffolk Sota with Kino and Stira and that's because in that case, unlike Hilchus Yibum and Hilchus Gerushin, we do apply the criteria of Hilchus Sot. Now, based on this, Rab Chaim says that he could explain a statement in the Yerushalmi in Sota Perak Aleph Halacha Beis. The Yerushalmi quotes that Rebbe says Shalosh Tumos Amuras Baparsha. There are three Tumos which are said in Sota. One tells us that she's usher to her husband. One tells us that she's usher to the Boel, the prohibited man. And the Achas Liyavam, one tells us that she's prohibited to the brothers if the husband dies. The Gemara quotes that Rabbi Yossi B. Rabbi Boon says that this is a Mishnah, that if the husband died and she was a Suffolk Sota, then she has to do Chalitza and not Yibum. So the Yushalmi is learning out that a Suffolk Sota doesn't do Yibum, she has to do Chalitza from the Tuma, which it says in Parshas Sota. Says Rabbi Chaim, this goes against the Bavli. Our Gemara explicitly said that we learn it out from Le'i in the case of Gerushin and not from Tuma in Sota. Says Rab Chaim that according to his whole approach to answer Tosvos, that Le'isha Cher is talking about a case of a Vada'i Zinsa. There's Edim, and therefore they have to get divorced. But we also apply the criteria of Sota. So if there would be Kinui and Stira, then we would say it's similar to Vada'i Znus in Hilchos Gerushin, and it derails the Yibum. So this explains how the Bavli and the Yushami work together. The Bavli is saying that from Vahaisa Le'isha Cher, she has to marry someone else, and in a case of Vada'i like the Gemara in Gittin said, it's talking about with witnesses. So in such a case, she certainly cannot be marry her husband, and if he dies, then she cannot do Yibum.
The Yerushalmi is now adding that it also applies to a case of Kinoy and Stira. We apply the Hilchusota perspective when it comes to Hilchus Gerushin, and that we learn out from the Nitma that it says in Hilchusota. So what the Yerushalmi is adding is that when the Torah said the third Tumah, in Hilchosota, it means to say that when we come to Hilchos Gerushin, we also apply the criteria of Sota. If there's Kinoe and Stira, even if there's no Vadaiznos, even if there's no Edim, still we're going to consider it a Vadai Isur in that case. And if the husband dies in the midst of that, then she can't do Yibum to the brother. So this uh, adds on to Rab Chaim's whole explanation, uh, also another source in the Torah that the Yushalmi finds for this whole halacha. Now, based Based on all of this, as Rab Chaim, we perfectly understand the Rambam's psak that in such a case, even though the Suffolk Sota herself has to do Chalitza and not Yibum, but the sister wives are even able to do Yibum. Because as Rab Chaim's been explaining throughout, the only reason sister wives would be affected by this wife is in Hilchus Yibum. We apply the criteria of Hilchus Yibum. One of the halachas of Hilchus Yibum is that if there's an arayos, if one of the women is prohibited to marry the brothers, then all the sister wives are totally removed. There is no Yibum, there is no Chalitza. But that's only when we view it from the perspective of Hilchus Yibum. When it comes to Suffolk Sota, as Rabbi Chaim has been explaining throughout, Hilchus Yibum has no bearing on this because in Hilchus Yibum, the Kinui is not important. And so she's like any other woman who had Yichud with a prohibited man and there is no Suffolk created. The only reason why we assert in this case that she can't do Yibum, she has to do Chalitza, is only because of the Hilchus Gerushin aspect of it. In other words, the Torah said that this husband would be prohibited to her and he would have to divorce her, and therefore the brothers can't do Yibum. But that is not going to affect the sister wives at all. There is no law in Helchus Gerushin that the Tsaros, the sister wives, can't do Yibum. The prohibition which is created from Helchus Gerushin is like other cases where they weren't allowed to be married. Let's say they were divorced and she got married in the meantime and then they remarried after that. So that's Asr, Machzer Grushaso. There's other cases where it's a lav, it's prohibited to be married, or there's an essay, they, there's a mitzvah not to get married. In all those cases, the sister wives are able to marry one of the other brothers. They're able to do Yibum. So we see that it's not just any prohibition which creates this Iser on the sister wives to marry the Yavams. It's specific things where we treat them like a Rayos, where they're considered totally Usser like an Erva, like a prohibited relationship. But in this case where the Torah just said that because the husband couldn't be married to her, the brothers can't do Yibum, so that's different than the case of Arayos. We don't apply the regular rules of Sota to Hilchus Yibum to say that she's an Erva. Rather, since they have to get divorced, she and the first husband, therefore she can't do Yibum to the brothers, but that won't affect the sister wife. So this explains exactly the Rambam, why he differentiates in this case between the Suffolk Sota, who has to do Chalitza, and the sister wives who can do Yibum. In other words, originally Rab Chaim thought that the, if for a Vada'i Sota she can't do Chalitza or Yibum and the sister wives also don't need to, so then a Suffolk Sota should be a Suffolk, it should be a stringency in all cases. So she should have to do Chalitza and the sister wives should have to do Chalitza. But Rab Chaim saying when you dissect what's actually going on here and you see where all these halachas are coming from, you see that the, in the case where she's a Suffolk Sota, it's a halacha which is rooted in the fact that she and the first husband would have had to get divorced. It has nothing to do with the Arayos of 
of Yibum, and therefore, like other cases where they weren't allowed to be married, it's not going to affect the sister wives, the other wives doing Yibum to one of the brothers. Now, Reb Chaim concludes with a very interesting point, and that is that the Rambam in Hilchus Yisurei Bia in Parak Aleph Halachachav Beis says that in a case where there was Kinoi and Stira, and then there was one witness, there was an aide Echad, that she had committed adultery, so she's prohibited to be with her husband. Says the Rambam, if her husband was a Kohen, Uba Aleha, and they had relations, Hareza Loka Aleha Mishum Zona. So he gets punished, he gets Malkus whipped because she's a Zona. There's a special love for a Kohen to be intimate with a woman who is a Zona, who has a status of someone who does Znus. Now, the Ravid disagrees, and he says that the reason why her husband gets whipped, gets punished, is because of the Tuma, because she's Usr as a Sota, not because of the special love of a Zona. So, Rab Chaim explains that the reason why the Rambam doesn't hold like the Ravid, that in that case he gets Malkus because of the issue of Tuma, of the Isr from the Sota, is because the Rambam holds that since there's only one witness, we don't really believe them. That's not considered a full testimony. You always need to have two witnesses for something that has to do with erva. So we don't believe one witness enough to punish the husband. Why then do we believe him to say that he's prohibited to marry her? Says the Rambam, that's only because of the kinui. The kinui hanging over this case is what makes the isur when there's one witness that verifies what happened. So uh, that's why we can't give a Malkus, even though they would be prohibited. And uh, he quotes that the Rabbim Melchus Gerushin in Perak Yid Aleph also says that whenever the Iser comes from Kinui, so you only get Malkus Midra Banan, Midivrei Sofrim. It's not a Malkus Deoraisa. So that's why the Rambam holds in this case that the Malkus can't be from the Iser of Tuma. It has to be from the Znus, because the Znus is a Vada. We certainly consider her to have now become a Zona, and therefore there's a Lav, and the Kohen gets a Malkus. But when when it comes to the Tuma, so there it all depends on the Kinui, and even though we're going to also consider that a Vadai Zinsa in the sense that she's Usr, there's now full Tuma, but it does not create a Malkus. So Rab Chaim points out that this whole idea is very similar to what he's been saying throughout, that the Kinui is what creates the prohibition in these cases of Sota. It's not the Yichod, it's not the Nistra, it's not the fact that she did something she shouldn't have done, but it's the fact that the Kinui is there. So based on this analysis of this Rambam and Hilchus Yisurei says Rab Chaim that he thinks his whole approach is certainly correct to say that you can't transfer from the laws of Sota to Yibum because in the laws of Sota it's all dependent on the Kinoi. But that's not a relevant factor in Hilchus Yibum and therefore it doesn't play the same role that it plays in Hilchus Sota. And once we remove the Kinoi, so then that changes the whole equation and it does not become a Vada'i Tuma. We can't call it an Arayos. We can't apply any of those things from Hilchus Sota. So similar to how the Rambam differentiates between Tuma, the Sota laws, and Znus, that uh, based on Kinui, we can consider her a Vada'i Zona and even give him a punishment, but we can't consider the Tuma Vada'i enough to give a punishment. We don't punish for Tuma based on Kinui. So in the same way, we could also differentiate between Yibum and regular Sota, that uh, even though we consider a Safek Vada'i when it comes to Sota, but when it comes to Yibum, we don't consider her Arayos.
So this Shittas HaRambam in Hilchsi Surabiya would lend more support to Rab Chaim's approach throughout. Says Rab Chaim that even the Ravid, who disagrees with the Rambam there, and he says that we do punish the Kohen because of Tumah, so it sounds like he doesn't really differentiate between the Isurim of Zona and Tumah. Once there's a Kinoi, so then it creates everything. So says Rab Chaim that the Ravid could also agree with his basic approach, and that is because the Ravid holds that once there's a Kinoi and an Eidechad is saying, that she committed adultery, so that's sufficient grounds to give the husband Malkus because of the Isser Tumah. And that makes sense because in that case we're treating her like she's Vaday Nitma, that is the Halacha, that she's ushered to her husband as if she was Vaday Nitma. So that would make sense to punish him. But when we come to Yibum, so treating her like an Arayos with regard to Hilchus Yibum is a much bigger jump. Just the fact that she's ushered to her husband doesn't mean necessarily, there's no relationship that she should also be considered a rayos when it comes to Yibun, which is a different system in Halacha. So uh, the Ravid would agree with Rabbi Chaim's analysis that we don't translate from Hilchus Sota into Hilchus Yibum that she is an Arayos. And uh, the proof for this says Rabbi Chaim that the Ravid also agrees that unless there's some sort of relationship between these two things, we don't transfer one to the other, is that the Ravid holds, in this case in Yisra'ibiya, where the Kohen had relations with his wife, who had Kinoi and Stira, the Ravid holds that he does not get Malkus because of Zona. It's only because of Tumah, but not because of Zona. So it seems that the Ravid would hold that just because there's Kinoi and Stira and there's an Eid Echad, even though, yes, the Torah said that we believe that she's Nitma, we treat her like a Tuma Vadai, but that doesn't translate into making her a Zona. So that indicates that even the Ravid has this basic idea that if two things are separate systems, then we don't go from one to the other. A Kinui and an Eidechad is not going to t- turn her status into a Zona. So that's why the Ravid holds that the Kohen doesn't get Malkus because of Zona. And says Rab Chaim that the Ravid would pr- presumably think that the case of Yibum is like the case of Zona. We don't necessarily translate the kinui into those halachas. It's unrelated. So uh, we wouldn't take the fact that this woman, this sota, had kinui and stira, and now she's usher like a vada. We don't translate that into yibum, that she's an arayos. Rather, when it comes to yibum, we view it as if it's missing the kinui. It's unrelated. And therefore, her sister wives are able to do yibum to one of the brothers. So this is Rab Chaim's piece to explain the Rambam, why he holds that if there's a suffix sota, even though she does chalitza, her sister wives are able to do yibum. And Rab Chaim's basic conceptual idea is that we have to view each system separately. Where it makes sense to apply the kinui, meaning in laws of sota and laws of gerushin, that's where we apply it. But then the laws of yibum, where the kinui is irrelevant, so then it's not going to make a difference. And the second conceptual point Rab Chaim makes as part of this discussion is that the kinui is what creates the iser when it comes to sota. It's not the fact that she had yichud with someone that her husband had warned her about, because as Rab Chaim says, without the kinui, just having yichud does not create any grounds for suspicion. It does not create any isur. So uh, it's the kinui which introduces into this situation the suffik, and in addition, the kinui is what creates that it's not just a suffik, but it's also a vadai, and without that kinui, then we would not say that every suffik of a znus is considered like a vadai. So uh, the kinui is the central thing, which creates the Isr for Sota. And Rab Chaim even formulates it a little sharper that it's as if the Kinui is sitting in this situation and creates the prohibition. If you can remove the Kinui even after the fact, then the prohibition would go away. 
And the one final point which emerges from this whole discussion is Rab Chaim understands that the reason why a suffix sota herself, not the sister wives, but she herself, why she cannot do yibum. So the Gemara says that we derive it if she's prohibited to her husband, to whom she was allowed, and certainly she's prohibited to his brothers, to whom she was prohibited when he was alive. So Rab Chaim understands that even a, a bit sharper, that it's because she became prohibited to her husband through becoming a sota, that's why she's not able to go ahead and do yibum to any of the other brothers. So it's not just a way to learn that halacha out, but it's also the very formulation of that halacha. The prohibition to the husband creates the prohibition to the brothers, to the yavams. Noom Weight uses psychology to help people everywhere learn about their eating habits. Eating is my love language? Yep, sure is. Uh, I say yes to seconds out of guilt. It's hard to say no to Aunt Jenny's banana pudding. Wait, I do what? Oh, fog eating happens to everybody. What the? We know. It can be a lot to take in. But with the help of Noom Weight, you'll learn the psychology behind your eating habits, how to change them, and get closer to reaching your weight loss goals. Sign up at Noom.com.